Hello and welcome to episode 51 of GameSpot After Dark. My name is Jake Decker, your host, and joining me this week is Lucy James. Hello. Callie Plaguey. Hello. And Tamor Hussein. Hi, Osaimas. You kind of rend a little bit that time. Yeah, I know. Okay. So this is episode 51 and things are a bit different. Uh, if you're listening to this now, you know, it's not on YouTube anymore. Uh, which you, you should know if you listened to last week. If not, this is now an audio-only podcast until, I don't know, I guess maybe this COVID thing kind of figures itself out and then we can reevaluate it. But for now, we've got quite the episode planned. We're recording on Thursday because we decided to wait until we could talk about the Xbox Series X showcase. So we're going to go over that. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been playing. Callie, do you want to start? Sure. I've I've been playing Animal Crossing as usual. <laughs> if you've been listening for the last several months, you would know that. But I did. Uh, I won't talk about it too much. But I did want to give a special shout out to Gray Fox in the Discord who hooked me up with a bunch of items. Well, actually, uh, they let me catalog a bunch of items that I that I needed, and um, it was really really generous to take the time to do that for me, just because I want to complete my catalog because I'm a maniac and. Um, yeah, I've, I've just been doing a lot of, I've been going to people's islands and paying them uh, Nook Miles tickets to let me catalog things. I'm just I'm in really deep, you guys. <laughs> how far, um, how, what percentage completion are you at, do you think? Um, I have all of the like main furniture sets. I have all of the instruments. Um, I buy every item of clothing every day from Able Sisters that I don't have yet. And I've been going to other people's islands to shop at their Able Sisters, <laughs> but I still have I, I still have a good ways to go. There's like rare items that's going to take me a while to get, and then the seasonal items. But um, I furniture wise, I'm like pretty far along. Um, I mostly need like kitchen items, and then I will have I like I went to somebody's island. They just had a bathroom themed event, and I got all the bathroom items. They were like, "Here's Ooh. all the toilets." I was like, "Sweet, I'm gonna." pick them up and put them back down because that's how you do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. And then uh, I, just, I watched School of Rock and then it was crazy because this is the order of events of my week. I watched a TikTok in which a guy did an impression of Jack Black if he was King George and Hamilton. I watched and that one. It's amazing. It's so, so good. good. And then... The next day, my dad was like, do you want to watch School of Rock? I didn't say anything. Like, I, apropos of nothing, my dad's like, do you want to watch School of Rock? I was like, yes. And then today, Jack Black was singing <laughs> in the, uh, the uh, Xbox showcase. So I've just had a wonderful week filled with Jack Black. I was um, going to say, it's like buses. You want yeah. one, and then all three come along at once. Mm -hmm. Did you... Uh, I think I may have talked about this before. Have you seen any of Jack Black's gaming channel, Jablinski oh, Games? So oh, good. so good. It's pretty good. Like him playing Red Dead, like I think he's done like four parts and he's still in like the very beginning, but he's just having a lot of fun with it. It's it's very good. His, yeah. his running Delgado joke is very good. Yeah. I, I love that one. And he'll like start the episodes with like his kids jumping on a trampoline and doing flips and stuff like that. Like <laughs> they're good. I, I highly recommend them. I would give anything to like interview him or even take a photo with him. I would like that. He's like the only celebrity I care about meeting in my, my life. So. Yep. Uh, also Kelly 
reminder, you need to shout out the ninja. The gray fox. I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I missed it. My bad. My bad. My bad. We can, we can give Gray Fox another shout out too, because Gray Fox has been in GameSpot chats since the day I started, probably even before. Like I assume, mm-hmm. well before that. But Gray Fox is is a real one. Mm-hmm. He is. I think I was I was thinking about Metal Gear again, so I'm I tuned out of when you did. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I was like, everybody, make sure I don't forget to give a shout out to Gray Fox. And then, then there was this. We had a debacle in the chat over <laughs> Metal Gear. Oh yeah, I was involved in that. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> uh, Lucy, what about you? What are you up to? Uh, I had a week off, which was fantastic, and I did absolutely nothing. I watched all of what we do in the shadows in a day. It's fantastic. It's so funny. Um, the Jackie Daytona episode is maybe one of the finest episodes of television I think I've ever seen. Um, I watched that. I watched some of Hannibal. Palm Springs. I played a lot of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I've basically just been um, catching up on things that I've wanted to to play and watch. But I haven't actually written this down, but I will spend my segment talking about the Sandman Audible adaptation that is so freaking good. I read all of Sandman, uh, I think it was last year, there was an amazing sale on Comixology and every trade was £2.50. So I bought like the first one completely loved it and I bought just the rest of them uh and I completely devoured it and then uh this adaptation has James McAvoy's dream Kat Dennings is death which I think is just perfect casting James McAvoy is amazing as dream um there's like Andy Serkis Michael Sheen uh Sue Johnston if you're British and you know my boy Riz Ahmed as the Corinthian Riz Ahmed as the Corinthian uh Neil Gaiman himself is the um narrator is the narrator and uh it's really really good like it's got a soundtrack it's got a score it has sound effects in the background it follows the comic quite closely like the first episode is all about him and him being captured and in captivity and then you know eventually that figuring itself out but I'm really excited to see some of the other plots I hope I assume they do the diner the diner is like one of the they do thank god that's one of the scariest but best comic books I've ever read is like the 24 hours in the diner uh and as they, do. Sandman. they do the I the stuff that I thought they might avoid they do they did the calliope stuff which is rough oh. listening <laughs> if you see it in the comics it is yeah rough um, um because I, yeah, Tan's been listening to it too. And like, mm. if you have an Audible subscription, you can buy it for a credit. I don't, because I spent all of last year paying for an Audible subscription and then realizing that that's, uh, I need to cancel that, which I did. So it's, I just, I bought it outright. I bought it outright for the $30 yeah. or whatever, however much it was. And it's so worth it. I signed up for like a month of Audible and then immediately canceled it. Um, so I could just for afford Sandman. It's yeah. well worth it. Yeah, it's fantastic. So that's that's a strong recommend from me, and that's what I've been doing. Nice. Well, it looks like Tamor has also been playing Ghost of Tsushima, and you played some Ghost of Tsushima as well, Lucy. How mm. how's that doing for y'all? I love it. Um, I just oh god, having a week off was bad because I would just do I would marathon it. I th- I spent like six or seven hours both days this weekend playing it. It just really hits the. Assassin's Creed, um, Shadow of Mordor, 
vibe for me. And it's just, it's so good at doing the just one more thing. Uh, just giving you something on the horizon to go look for, whether it's a, you know, following a gold bird or a trail of smoke in the air. Um, the storyline I really, I really like. I mean, it's not as polished, certainly, as like The Last of Us when it comes to how it looks. Um, but I really, I think it's just a really good kind of meditative game, if that makes sense for me at the moment. Um, I'm at the stage now where combat is really changing chopping and changing all the stances and it's all just really interesting you've got more variants in enemy types and i'm just really enjoying it I'm, I'm gonna platinum it like i'm over halfway there already um i'm in the middle of act i'm at the start of act three sorry i finished act two uh at the weekend and even though i've had it for a long time now like i, I don't want it to end it's really good how about you tomorrow yeah, I started off feeling quite lukewarm on it, and then I've reached a point where I like it a lot now. I still, I still think that it doesn't like the common criticism or analysis or just statement about it is like it feels like a game created like with the most popular mechanics of five or six years ago, which it very much is. But I think Rami Ismail tweeted about it, um, describing it as like taking finding all the most popular ingredients and then creating the most comforting stew out of it. And that's what it very much feels like. It, it feels like a comfort game. Um, so I, I, I played uh, over the weekend a lot. Um, and I did what um, basically Lucy, Lucy's did. Like I turned it on, I put on my headphones and I listened to Sandman pretty much start to end, which is like 14 hours. And I, while doing that, I was just doing all the side stuff like fox dens, the birds and, you know, um, shrines and then doing the the low impact side missions which are just characters hanging around in the world not the named characters like Yuna or um Ishikawa I think his name is the archer mm. sensei but like the smaller people who are like hey the mongols nicked my rice can you get my rice back for me and I'm like oh yeah I'll get you some greens back don't you worry about it um <laughs> So I did that stuff while listening to it. And it's really good to tune out. And what I like about it is it's like not overwhelming in the way that Assassin's Creed games became and kind of are where you pop the menu up and it's like icons everywhere. It's like scattered around and it gives it to you. I like that it does like once you complete something, it'll pop up some stuff mm -hmm. as you clear the fog of war or like complete a, a, an encampment. So it's like, oh, I've got a new batch that I can now go to. But you get the satisfaction of clearing, even though it immediately gives you something else. And the other thing that I really appreciate about it is the transparency in what you get out of each mission. Like you go to a side mission, it will tell you you're going to get a minor renown boost, you're going to get this item, and then you're going to get this thing. And you're like, okay, I can prioritize my time because you can also identify like, oh, medium renown boost. You know, that that's going to be a little more involved as a mission. So you might be like, oh, I'll come back to that once this chapter of Sandman that requires me to pay attention is done. Um, that's like, I've been really enjoying that part of it. It's scratching the itch without being overwhelming. It's like, I described it before as like, I think the balance they hit is the same kind of balance that Ubisoft hit with Assassin's Creed 2, where it was like, there's a bunch of menial tasks in here, but it all feels good to do. And you kind of identify and you recognize that this stuff is disposable, but it feels good doing it and you do it. And now the combat has clicked into place. Um, the early stuff is more focused around engagements with your sword. Um, and then as you kind of delve into it further and further, you unlock more of the ghost stuff and, and it allows you to 
kind of use the styles to complement each other a bit better. So right now I do uh, archery is my main kind of point. Stealth and archery are my main two. Um, and then I'll end up with like a one-on-one -on -one duel somewhere. So it feels good now combat-wise. All the mechanics are starting to mesh together. And then I think I've spent maybe like seven hours in photo mode, which is the best thing about it. Like I've, I've done far too much photo mode stuff in that game. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I love it. I, that, that's pretty much all I did photo mode. I think I'm largely done with the game. Um, mm. And I enjoyed it for what it was, but yeah, I, I can't see myself finishing it. Uh, but what else have you been up to tomorrow? Yeah, um, the other thing that I did was I also started on the weekend watching Dark on Netflix. Mm, I started yesterday. Was, yeah, it's it's good. So like one of our friends, his name's Joe um, Scrabbles, works at IGN. Um, he, he's been recommending that to me for what feels like years. Um, As has our very own Chris Morris, actually. Yeah, Chris Morris is also yeah. a super Matt fan. Matt Paget too, always talks about how good it is. Yeah, so like it, it's, for some reason, I've just not got around to do it. I think the thing was putting me off was like, the everyone always says it's really hard to follow and it kind of is but like the character names how, how many episodes have you watched lucy uh i'm up to episode three so the thing is is that i i am not having i don't know if this is just i don't know if it's gonna get more complicated but i'm not having an issue yeah. following who everyone is so that was initially what put me not put me off but i was like i need to be in a mindset where i need to pay attention like obviously i don't have any issues following character names and complex narratives because i watch anime you uh, like metal gear solid and so. i like metal gear solid and uh, yeah and bloodborne and so like it's it's that's absolutely fine but once i i just wanted to be in the right mindset and so i got into it and I'm may, I'm halfway through season one um and it is so good it is yeah. so good I was chatting to Lucy about it, about it yesterday and it's giving me huge lost vibes, like mm -hmm. big lost vibes, mm -hmm. mainly because like the central myth and like, I, I realize this is going to sound blasphemous, but as we all know, like I love lost. I think it's doing lost better than lost did in that. Oh yeah. It's, I, it's, I mean, I agree. Like the, it's, yeah. it's so focused yeah, and it feels like it actually has a direction. And from what I've heard about the finale of it, it absolutely does. It's like yeah. Lost, as if they'd planned it. Exactly, that's why it is like the Lost mystery is so engaging, and the the kind of air around of what is really going on is so like critical. But the way they gave that to us was really scattered and really poorly paced. This feels like they sat down, wrote the entire show, and then went, "How do we pace this out and make sure the intrigue is at its highest always?" It does the amazing thing that comic books do, where like. Or, or good or most good stories do where almost every page like a, the mark of the best comic books is like almost every page or every issue ends in a cliffhanger in some form but also is a satisfying conclusion to the issue itself so each episode you'll finish up you'll be like okay i know more about what's going on now but now they've introduced this one thing that i'm just gonna i'm gonna think about so what happens is you end up just compulsively going to the next episode immediately and it's really hard to break out of it but the actual show itself is about uh, a place. Um, uh, it's like I think it's it is. Vinden? German? It's oh, Winden. it's German. It's yeah, German. Something, yeah. it's something Winden. like Vinden. Yeah, but like it's post Chernobyl, um, and like uh, the town is the center of the town is a nuclear uh, plant and nuclear reactor as well, and there's it's the whole thing is about time and like loops and that kind of stuff um so it's just about some people go missing or a, a kid goes missing and then you're just trying to figure out what's going on and how does 
the kind of nuclear power plant and time factor into that. But it's got this this feeling, this atmosphere that's kind of like f- always foreboding and dark and and kind of like unsettling in a lot of ways, but in a way that really hooks you and intrigues you. And it's kind of apropos or appropriate right now. Um, it reminded me a lot of Stalker which is one of the games that was shown off today and also Metro and kind of like those kind of very European open world sandbox survival horror games, those kind of things. It's got that same kind of vibe. Also one of the main mysterious characters straight up looks like Sam Porter Bridges, like just cause he, he's like, and there's like the main like a promo shot of it is a guy wearing this weird looking backpack and you can't really make out his facial features. So it looks very Death Stranding. Um, yeah, but- I remember when it came out, a lot of people were, or I, I don't know what came first, but a lot of people were comparing it to Death Stranding. I think even Kojima tweeted about Dark a lot. Yeah. So I think that's why people were like drawing these comparisons. Yeah, I think I think Dark came first because I remember Dark, like the first season was being advertised years ago when we were in Germany for like a press trip with okay. Joe. Um, and he was like, you got to watch this. It's really good. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. It's re- it's, the, it's the first TV show that uh, in a while that I feel like compelled to carry on watching. Mm. These days, almost everything I watch, I watch an episode and I'm like, all right, I'll come back to this and I'll come back the next day. But I never feel like I really want, even anime, like I started watching Haikyuu and um, everyone loves Haikyuu, but I'm watching it and I'm like, I'll watch two episodes and then I'm like, I'm done for now. It's not grabbing me in, in, in the way that I want it to. It's good, but like whatever. But yeah, Ghost, uh, Ghost of Shima playing that, listening to Sandman, which is amazing. And then watching Dark on my non-gaming hours, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. And there's also a mobile game called Song of Bloom, which I've been playing a lot. I don't think I've mentioned it here, but it's really good. And everyone should check it out. $2, like maybe a couple of hours to complete, but really smart puzzle design and really engaging. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing because the last TV show I think I watched was Tiger King. <laughs> I've not seen anything since then. I just don't watch TV that much. Uh, but I, I have been, this is a little off topic, but I have been watching a YouTube channel called All Gas, No Breaks. I showed Callie some of the videos and it is absolutely hilarious. It's this guy who goes around to all these cities in the United States during things that are happening and just interviews people and the way they are cut together is brilliant. Uh, Tim and Eric actually picked this guy up, his, his like show up to do an actual series that probably I imagine on Adult Swim or something like that. But I highly recommend checking out All Gas, No Breaks. It is hilarious. You can see like, <laughs> you lose, you'll lose a little bit of faith in humanity for sure, but I think it's worth it. <laughs> The the Area Fifty One video is so good because they he they they went to like this the like storming of Area Fifty One and like interviewed people and there's a man who talks about how the government is an oligarchy but can't win as oligarchy it's just like it's edited so well and they're like they're like really snappy they're like five minute videos he like sets it up um, by like here's the thing that three million people uh said they were coming to and there's like he cuts to a shot of like 60 people and like it's just the strangest people of course it's the strangest people out there and like at the end he talks to the the cops and he's like you guys don't seem that worried and they're like no we're just here to make sure everyone's safe and respectful and like it's just two cops guarding this thing is, is pretty good. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, but other than that, uh, I've had the week off, so I haven't been doing a whole lot. Uh, I've just been playing games, trying to five-star every outpost in Death Stranding on PC, which has been an experience. It's been a lot of fun. 
meditative, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. Uh, but other than that, I guess the big things I wanted to talk about were MTG Arena, Magic the Gathering Arena, which is, I've played Magic the Gathering for a while. I stopped for a couple years because I hated the cards. Like, like the cards themselves are fine, but like the amount of clutter and cards you have laying around are just insanely frustrating. Uh, like it gets to the point where it's like, I just want to have a bonfire and burn all this shit because mm -hmm. I don't need like 99% of the cards that you get. But, you know, that's solved with the uh, MTG Arena because it's, it's it, you know, it's on PC. Uh, actually, it might be on consoles too now. I don't really know. But man, that is a good card game. It's still a very good card game. The video Mike and I did about Warframe a couple years ago, it kind of shed a light on how many developers really look to Magic the Gathering, especially as, you know, games move towards this games as service because in theory, Magic the Gathering has been doing it for, fuck, I don't even know, 30 years, probably longer. Hmm. Uh, and like they have, it, it, it's it's very good. I it, It's a lot, it's a lot to get into if you haven't played Magic the magic before but the game's got a pretty good tutorial to get you started uh it does kind of throw you in the deep end after that and it, you don't really have a lot of cards to work with when you start but i i highly recommend it i'm bummed it took me this long to get into it because there's so many cards i missed or cards that i can't use anymore because they're out of rotation but other than that i've been playing paper mario the origami king which is incredibly adorable it's very wholesome it's a lot of fun uh, I'm not super compelled to finish it, I don't think, but I am still like, it, it's very funny. I'm laughing a lot. And when I do play it, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And we haven't talked about Paper Mario yet on this podcast. So I figured I'd. I was just going to say, I just remember that I quit Magic the Gathering when um, I had an entire box dedicated to swamp cards. And I was just like, yeah, this needs to stop. This needs to stop. I was about the same because like especially when I moved to the Bay Area and I was like I don't have room for any of this shit and like the way that works is that you just keep buying I mean you can order specific cards online but like you're supposed to buy, be buying booster packs and booster packs and most of those cards like most of the time 100% of the cards you won't actually use you just buy them hoping you'll get a card it, it's like a loot box you know it's great. Have you ever seen the channel Open Boosters? Welcome to Open Booster. Welcome to Open Booster. I He's I the most <laughs> wholesome guy. And there's this one video where he gets a, is it a Black Lotus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think um, I've seen that video. And just his reaction is the most wholesome thing. His hands are shaking, right? And he's and like, like, he goes, whoosh, whoosh, holy, uh, holy beast. Holy beast. It's so, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. That's my he only got, real knowledge of Magic the Gathering is from he that got video. He got a second Black Lotus later on. Did he? Yeah, and he did a, another video yeah. of it. Aww. I That's tried good. to get into Magic. I've like tried several times over the years, and I never got to the stage where I had boxes of cards because I was just like, I'm so intimidated. Like, I didn't know, like, there's like places that have like Magic Knights where you can like go and play, but I was like, everyone's... I, it's a very like I was just like I'm I'm not ready I'm not cool enough like I like it a very weird sensation no you're probably too cool for <laughs> it um and I I have uh, like magic like boosters and like starter stuff like littered around like I have this like old unopened starter deck that I got <laughs> oops I, I definitely get it. it it can be pretty intimidating especially the idea of like going to a card store and like drafting with people and playing with people you don't know because like there are definitely people there who take it very seriously that's kind of a good thing about playing online though is that you don't really need to interact with these people other than just 
play cards with that's them. ideal but anyway we should yeah we should probably move on to the topics All right, so the big thing this week is the Xbox Series X showcase where Microsoft showed off, what, 19 games or so? I don't know, a good amount of games that are coming to Series X and Xbox. I guess we should just say coming to Xbox Game Pass since they're going to be on many Xbox consoles and PC. But they showed off a ton of games. We're not going to talk about all of them because some games we didn't get a lot about. Some I don't think we're that interested in. You mean you're not going to let me talk about Warhammer 40k Darktide? What about so, the gunk? Uh, we, need, we need Dave Jewett for that. We're talking about, we, wait, <gasps> who crossed out the gunk? I have nothing to say about the gunk other than the name is incredible. Well, there you go. We talked about it. Nailed. Wait, really quickly. So Chris Pereira was assigning news stories and he said, he was like, Alessandro, you've got the gunk. And I wanted to be like, <laughs> gotta have that gunk. But I didn't because everyone was busy and I didn't want to clutter up the chat, but I, I thought it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to get it out. Yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised that Microsoft started with Halo. I guess it, I wasn't surprised they started with gameplay after the last thing they had where they had no gameplay. But I don't know. It kind of like when I first saw Halo at the beginning, I was like, okay, this is going to be a big showcase if they're opening with Halo. Like obviously an open with a big game, but I figured they'd end with Halo or something like that. Um, so that, I guess, for me, set the standard high, but like Halo itself, Halo Infinite, like, eh, I don't know. It sure looks like a Halo game. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I think Callie's the one to to kind of tackle Halo, because, I mean, you cried. Halo when makes Infinite me cry, yeah. I don't know why the music just really gets to me. <laughs> music is good, <laughs> and the music in that, gameplay video and whatever they showed i, I was like yeah this music is still um I, it's the guy who it's being uh connected by the guy who did ori Ooh. Oh, gareth croker yeah yeah i i mean i was excited to see gameplay i i don't know how to feel about that bearded guy at the beginning i was kind of like i don't care about you get out of here stop talking <laughs> but um uh i don't know i i'm not a big like halo four and five person i'm definitely like one, two, three was like my peak of like loving Halo. Um, so there's there's stuff where I'm like, is this gonna feel the same to me? Um, not that that's what it has to do, but I, you know, it, it's gonna be hard to say until I, I can actually play it. I, I definitely am planning on just doing a run through the Master Chief Collection um, at some point when there's like, when I'm, you know, I finished my Animal Crossing catalog and I can, I'm free. Um, so you'll never I be know. free. I'll always update it. You'll know. never be free. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was, I don't know how to describe, I was really tired. So I was like, I can't feel mm -hmm. hype right now, but you were whelmed. I was not yeah, overwhelmed. I was, literally not, I was you know, whelmed. that's, a, that's exactly it. I was whelmed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of thought it was interesting because uh, like one of my favorite things about, and I think one of a lot of people's favorite things about Halo, especially the first one is those open maps. And this game seems like it's just going to be one big open map, but the area they showed seemed like very close quarters more so than I wanted to. And like, I don't know, that was kind of off-putting. Like I was expecting a grander, more open scale to this. I mean, it was I, called infinite, but... 
I think that that was kind of necessary to show off the small gameplay I think you probably changes. Right. So like the grappling hook is the main thing that they showed off where you can use it for traversal and also to like grab stuff in the environment and fling it at people at enemies like the, they had covenant there um and you were th- like throwing explosive barrels at like um the grunts and that kind of stuff. The other thing is like they showed off is very subtle but there's like a not a slide in the traditional sense, mm. but like a shimmy yeah. move um, where you could do like a dodge, which is new for them in, to a degree, they had like a dodge style thing in previous Halo games. Um, I think it was in four or five, one of those two, and then sprint and that kind of stuff. And also I think like we talked about this on our post show for the um, for the actual stream, but I think they needed to try and, try and show off. The weird thing is like the reason we're kind of feeling not tepid about it, but like, okay, that sure is some Halo is I think by design mm-hmm. because after the last few games where they were like, we are reinventing Halo. I think they wanted to do a, we've gone back to <laughs> Halo and we're going to make it. And like the the actual, like that beginning sequence in that gameplay demo looked like the opening of the original right. Halo where you come out, he looks, and the first thing anyone does, or any, I can guarantee anyone did with that first Halo game is they stepped out of the ship and then looked directly up at the Halo and went, what the hell? And that's the first thing they do in the mm-hmm. demo as well. They like look to the left and they show you the Halo. Um, and it's like, okay, cool. And then you go into like cold, close quarters combat and that's what happens in the actual game as well, right? You go around further down the hill and the covenant, covenant start coming up from behind that ship. So I think it was a lot of trying to evoke that stuff, but what we needed it to be was a little more like I feel like what was missing was bombast. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't it didn't feel like a I think I feel like they could have remedied it by afterwards showing after showing that gameplay ending with like a you know a big movie style you know cut cut together here's all some explosive moments where Master Chief is doing cool shit and it ends on something that sounds like I'm gonna finish the fight. <laughs> yeah. You know I hope that they show more of the game. Um, I wasn't too impressed with the visuals um, compared to everything else that was shown. Um, it very much looked like like all the other games, you could look at them and be like, oh, I see how the Xbox Series X is using this. And beyond like the bit where he goes up the elevator style thing and looks out into this massive world, there wasn't much impressive about it. And people have been circulating screenshots where it looks kind of sketchy, but like this 4K screenshots that look, make it look way better. But there's some shots that look like this was composed. It looked like it could have been composed in like the forge for an older game where (laughs) it's just like, here's an angle. We've got an elite next to seven grunts and there's a ship in the background and something's exploding. And for some reason, like one of the, you know, um, uh, UNSC soldiers are around there as well. And it's like, who who put this together? What's the composition on this? What am I supposed to be looking at? Um, And there's like the ground textures. I hate talking about textures, but they look like weirdly blurry. And even during the trailer, like there's a bit where there's like a bit of pop in and you're like, "Uh, what's going on? But it's going to be smooth 60 frames, they said. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Flawless 60 frames per second. That, that's them's fighting words. To be honest, I was expecting more than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what they've what they've done is like hit the baseline for Halo, and now I think, depending on how you want to look at it, I think we will we here come from a more optimistic viewpoint where where we were kind of like, oh yeah, they've hit the baseline, and now they're gonna wow us from this mm-hmm. point on, which makes a lot of sense and is kind of what they needed to do to show that we're going back to Halo as you know and love it. Yeah, I I mean yeah, like an example of that is just like. Like I'm looking for like grunts being grunts. Like they're one of my favorite things about Halo. And hearing like they're like he's here or whatever. I'm like that's that's a grunt, <laughs> all right. Like 
I heard it. Did you see the grunt fly from the sky with two grenades? <laughs> oh, I loved him. I like the I like the grunts that move like yeah. with their hands <laughs> flapping about, and they're like. <laughs> I I love them so much. Um, so stuff like that like gets me excited. I I know there's like there's kind of like a information trickling out right now. Uh, so we still don't have like all the details. It seems like some weapons might be changing, um, which is like. I don't know. I don't have the same attachment to that the way that other people might. I know some of the, the there's like, we have a Halo Slack channel and some of the guys are like, are they replacing the shotgun? No. So I don't know. Also the, uh, the bad guy in the game, like the bit where he's doing his monologue, it had intense like TikTok vibes, you know, where they have the, like the low, the low camera, <laughs> like talking directly into it. I'm like, I was, I was planning to like cut that out and put it in a TikTok for like, for, right, like yeah. template and just post that. But it's, it's, it looks exactly like that. You better do, you better do that before. Uh, yeah. I'll do I, that later. I was so distracted by his teeth. I, was, I didn't even listen to what he was yeah, saying. I was, too. I was just like, those are some yeah. teeth. Imagine if you like if you bit your tongue and you oh, like that. I I do kind of like the idea, at least from what we've seen, that the villain in this game is not like I don't know, it wasn't it's not like the forerunner god or some all powerful yeah. thing. Like it just seems like a brute who like who like a brute general who really wants to have it out with Master Chief, and he's like, "This is gonna be my final fight, and I just mm-hmm. can't wait to f you up." And, and I like, like that idea. Well, he's the he's the orc from. Uh uh the hobbit trilogy that they made as like a persistent baddie who doesn't exist and he's just there that's those are the vibes that i was getting they're they're actually like this is a in story-wise i'm actually interested for the first Mm -hmm. time because they're like talking about the banished and which is like i believe it's like a cell of the covenant that decided they want to go their own way and do their own thing yeah i was gonna oh man i was gonna do a different one Um, and never mind (laughs) <laughs> but yeah I, I like that he also kind of reminded me of i got a lot of destiny vibes mm-hmm. from it like that whole monologue seemed like the starting monologue from gaul in destiny 2 yeah so i was like mm. same kind Big of same kind gaul of energy. energy yeah i i think like yeah. the thing that'll that'll really seal the deal for me is if they like do a cortana reveal like we retconned cortana mm-hmm. cali just for you and now everything's gonna be okay like if they did that i'd be like yo let's go i can't wait to play this like that will get me so too overwhelmed <laughs> they frame it as like this is after we lost yeah. so i think it might be after the stuff goes down with cortana in the last nope. few games which is like whatever why did you do that <laughs> the one thing i'm concerned about is like the infinite part of it and the stuff that they're saying about rollout and it's going to be very different like i'm getting I wonder destiny if very slowly we're going to realize this is a Destiny game, like a, a kind of like persistent open world. It's had a map on it. Um, like I've been constantly saying I want it to be Metroid Prime, but I feel like we're going towards Destiny. But it's like, oh, we're going to have a small version, a chunk of this game available, and then we're going to continuously add to it, and you're going to be fighting the mm-hmm. infinite fight. Yeah, and like oh, the <sighs> the advantage that Halo could have, I mean, like, so I, I've said this before, like I think Destiny is like my favorite shooting mechanics of any modern shooter. I think the shooting is so tight and the movement is great. Um, and so I think Destiny has a lot going for it. I think the thing that Halo would have over Destiny is story, especially for people who loved Halo in the past. If they nail that, you know, that's that's something that would be better for me than than destiny but i i don't i you know i don't need 
I already have Animal Crossing. I don't need a game that is daily for don't me. Don't need another infinite. I don't game. need another one of those. Um, but you know, they they did specifically say in the showcase that that was a look at its campaign. So um, you know, at least you know we know that it has a campaign and seems to be single player and a little bit more Halo. It's it's the boots mm. on the ground of of Halo. We're going back. Yeah. There's a there's a a, game, a second gameplay. Oh, there's a gameplay a trailer of it floating around, which is slightly longer than the one they showed, and apparently it's got like the energy sword in it. Um, so there's like extra details coming out about it constantly. So hopefully it gets there. But as it stands, like I'm like glad it's Halo again, mm -hmm. and it looks familiar. But they're also trying some new things, and I'm slightly nervous about what the yeah. uh, format of it's going to be and the rollout and the release. Yeah, a lot of apprehensions for me as well. I'm, I'm still excited. Uh, mm. Like it's been a while since we've had a Halo game, right? When, when did 2016 was Halo Five? I mean, I guess yeah. we've had the Master Chief Collection and stuff roll Halo out on PC Wars and whatnot, TV. and like, and Halo, yeah, Halo Wars too. <laughs> there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of actual lore that for this game in those Halo Wars games. So if you're interested in the story and you haven't played those, it's worth checking them out because the whole banished thing and. No, I'm good. <laughs> Probably the right decision. <laughs> uh, next game we saw was State of Decay 3 from Undead Labs. Yeah, the main reason I put this here is because it seems fairly quick because State of Decay 2 just came out mm -hmm. two years ago. Uh, I guess my concern is that if it is like the same engine in the same like janky ass style of game, I no, I can't, I can't do it. I cannot put myself a State of Decay. I like lost my mind with that game because of a how buggy it was and how like much it liked to punish you to the point where it'd be like i can't do it i really hope they've got a new engine for this game they, they i hope they really rethink it but you know i'm in the minority because what three million people ended up playing state of decay 2 and really liked it so mm. it's like somewhere on the east coast mike mahadi's small ears are twitching <laughs> and he's upset i know i know <laughs> loves talking about state of decay and we love talking about ears. his small ears <laughs> <laughs> uh but i don't really have anything else to add to that i just wanted to include it in there because i wanted to say that the zombie deer looked cool i like that yeah. i liked i liked it when she just yelled back at the wolf <laughs> oh yeah that was really strange <laughs> like really big bread and fraser and the mummy energy <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up is Everwild. Looked mystical yeah. from Rare. Looks looks cute. It, it looks gorgeous. I'm worried yeah. that it's going to be like, when I saw the four characters there, I was like, is this going to be kind of like a Sea of Thieves sort of thing, but in a different mm -hmm. setting? And mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd want that. Um, I think the original trailer I saw kind of reminded me of like a Zelda Breath of the Wild sort of thing. Mm. Mm. It's really hard to glean what that game is based yeah, on what they said. It's just like, tough. They did mood and, mm -hmm. and kind of like heart part of it really well, but then everyone's just like, yeah, but what are you? Yeah, I mean, I said this on the post show, but I was like, I'm just glad they're letting Rare make games that aren't made to sell Connect units. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. And like, it would make sense if it was similar to Sea of Thieves, I guess, because that game is like kind of taken off in popularity too. And that's a game that yeah. I do want to go back to and check out because when I played it, it was barely a game. And now it seems like there is a lot there. Yeah, I mean, we played Tam and I played with Dave Jewett a couple of weeks ago, and oh man, it's, it gave me right, such in, 
No, oh, it was it was like the game is really fun, but it gave me such intense mm. motion sickness. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I was like, why did I think I could do this? Yeah. Yeah. I get motion sickness at the best of times, but a game where you are constantly bobbing about. Oh, can't do it. Yeah. I'll do it. All right. Uh, I crossed out a couple here. Oh, wait, no. Sing it. Sing it. Tell me why I never want to hear you say (laughs) I want it it that way. Tell me why. Callie, you wanted to talk about this game. Yeah, because it's... I I, I just want to say, if they don't release DLC that isn't called, like, each line of the lyric, tell me why I never want it, whatever, that's what they should do. I agree. Um, I wanted to talk about this game because it's the first game by Don't Not I'm actually interested in. <laughs> I, I've never been like a, a Life is Strange person. Um, the the di- I know a lot of people really love it. The dialogue just really was off-putting for me and I didn't make it past the demo. I should probably give it another shot. But I thought the um, like the way they presented the story was intriguing and I was like, okay, I kind of want to give this one a shot because I like mysteries. It sounds like there's i it just sounds like it's something that's kind of up my alley um story-wise so i just wanted to give it a shout out for that i was like okay i'm actually sold on this one a little bit yeah, yeah um i feel the same i, I like i like the first life is strange a lot um but i, I totally get your point about oh, some of the dialogue in it I know I got a lot of stick at the time for saying hella and stuff like that. But... I love all the uh, all the pop culture things. What was it from Akira to awesome <laughs> shit like that? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, there was something. And, yeah, and like I can't really say for sure if I would have really disliked it because I I didn't play, play past the demo. I I should give it another shot, but um, I I also like you know that's not the kind of story that super draws me in and mystery stuff i i am i will watch anything or play anything that's like here's a mystery like just any mystery i'm like let's go let's solve it so mm. gotta play la noir <gasps> Ooh, i could fuck with la noir <laughs> all right we crossed out the next couple and we're gonna skip to avowed which is an a game that obsidian announced which to me seems like an elder scrolls style game which i think is you know that's a Good game to make right now since everyone has been dying for Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, we're getting Starfield first though. Bethesda are on, uh, rushing ahead and releasing Elder Scrolls 6, are they? Mm. Get a grip. Pod, <laughs> 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 get a grip. Uh, no, I'm excited for this one. Like, Me It's too. obviously difficult to glean what gameplay is going to mm. be uh, truly like because it's a pre-rendered CGI trailer. But I mean, if it's first person sword and magic shit that's right up my alley yeah and like obsidian's writing like i didn't i wasn't super wild about uh what was the outer worlds yeah uh, but the writing i really like the writing i like the characters from what i played so I, i'd be excited to see what they're gonna do in a world like that yeah because i've never played pillars um and this is in the pillars of eternity universe oh, i didn't know yeah that. yeah um so i, I might pillows because your accent by the way I've never played Pillows. (laughs) Is that the episode title? Pillows of Eternity. Is it? Yeah. I think that's it. You get that and you get the infinite sleep. (laughs) 
friend of the show, Andrew Goldfarb, just he got a uh, new pillow and he's really excited. <laughs> like I, he got this new pillow and I made him send me a video of him like pressing his hand in so I could judge the uh, the springiness. Yeah, he, of the pillow. he like. Like, I think he texts us at the same time. Like, once he feels like he's annoying he one of us, he'll switch to the other one. So, like... <laughs> no, sometimes I think he'll text us all the same thing. Because he'll send me a link, and then I'll get it from either, like, you, or Tam, or Zach. Yeah. And I'm just oh, like... Andrew just Andrew sent out a massive me. newsletter blast of this tweet he wants to see. <laughs> I, love I love it. it. Yeah, but he was so excited about the new pillow. And he was like, I... And I, I got a weighted blanket. I'm going to sleep so good. I'm like, you got to give me updates <laughs> On yeah, because I've been wanting to get a weight yeah. blanket. I got, when I ordered my Casper mattress when I moved over, it was like delayed <laughs> by a week. Yeah. Uh, also, if you want to start a business, Squarespace. Uh, <laughs> losing your hair for hymns. I was, I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, I was going to try and formulate a tweet with, that involves me waking up from a nightmare, but instead of screaming, just launching into a podcast advert. <laughs> like, and I was like, for hymns. Uh, but like, um, I ordered a, my Casper mattress and I was like a, a week late and they sent me a pillow and I was like, yeah, whatever. That's pretty shitty way to kind of like make up for it. And then I put my head in the pillow and I was like, all right, I understand. <laughs> well played. And then I looked at the price and they were like $90 and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. I love it. Not I'd pay, I'd pay that for a good pillow. Mm. Well, you'd want a good pillow as, as dusk falls. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> by interior night uh this game looked interesting i I wanted to include it just because it looked it it looked pretty neat is that the uh visual novel is the visual novel by a newer studio um i think it's an xbox owned studio i'm not sure i don't know if they Mm -hmm. said it but it but it looked interesting it was like a visual novel um with lots of color a really interesting art direction uh, it seems like it's about two sets of characters and how their lives intertwine. Uh, I don't know. Sounds like it looks like it could be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I really a visual expecting. novel person. I'm sorry, I don't really have. Cali is like right? visual novel a lot. Yeah. I will probably play it. Uh, we crossed out Hellblade Senua's Saga because they didn't really show a lot. They were like, "There's a dev diary you can check out now." But after that, had a nice little trip to Iceland, though. They did. Mm. Get it, Ninja Theory. <laughs> The next one is Psychonauts 2, which is one I am so excited for. Uh, Full disclosure, I backed this game for $100 on Fig back in 2015 or whenever they announced it. Uh, So it's a game I'm very excited for. I've been waiting a long time for a sequel to this game. Uh, I'm a little bummed that they did not have a release date, though, because it was originally supposed to come out in, like, 2018. Well, now it's 2021. (laughs) Yeah, like, I... I don't know. Like the, the the best case scenario, I imagine, is that when Microsoft bought them, they had a lot more resources and they were able to expand on their original vision and make it the game that they want it to be. Uh, which, you know, that's good. Like I hope it's a really great game, and I'm super excited for it. But like the fan in me is disappointed because, you know, they announced it very early on, and you know, it's been five years now and I want to play Psychonauts. But didn't they make up for it by having Jack Black sing? It was good. It was very good. It was my favorite trailer because of that. So I, I was looking away because I was uh, also editing a review while this was going on. And I heard Jack Black, like I heard him say 
let's rock or whatever. And I was like, I know that voice. And I looked down and it was Jack Black. And I was like, I would know him saying rock anywhere. Well, they were both wearing Brew Legend shirts. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The way they were cutting it too, I thought that maybe you'd like there was gonna be like a bonus like Jack Black level where you go inside of his head. I and, he's and definitely then, gonna be in there. Yeah, he's gotta be. But like that's what I first thought was like, oh, we're gonna go into Jack Black's mind. And then I was thinking like what if DLC for this game is just celebrities' minds that you visit and like complete platforming challenges in their oh. mind? And like that'd be pretty neat, but I don't think that's the direction. But well, yeah. I was thinking like they they do a tenacious D world, like because <gasps> oh. like you jump into his head and just like Dave Grohl's in there as the devil, and you just like hang out with him and Lee. Yeah, just just do that whole do the whole like um, tribute. As a quest, the old the old lady from the tribute yeah. music video, yeah, exactly. yeah. do tribute um, world, uh, stalker too. All like right, excited for that. Yes, Doc, the video game. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, it's gonna be on uh, Game Pass as well, like all the other games. So I hope it's a fully formed game and not like a early access style. We're gonna continue adding to this because they've talked about it being the well, they did an Xbox Wire post after the actual event where they talked about it being the biggest world that they've created, like fully open world. And it's going to have a lot of like the different um, uh, kind of uh, sects or gangs or whatever you want to call them. Um, they carry on interacting with each other even while you're not there. So it's got this whole like world cycle which impacts everything that happens and it will have multiple endings and that kind of stuff that are defined by what you do in the game. Um, it sounds ambitious. It sounds very ambitious. And then like Payam was talking about this on, on the actual um, post show, but like that game has been through a lot of hands and it's been in development for a little while now. It got announced a while back and then kind of fell off the map and it's now it's back and shown off. But it makes me concerned, not concerned, but like slightly trepidous, trepidatious about um, uh, how, what state that game is going to be in when it arrives. That's one of my main concerns with a lot of what was shown. Like very easily they could be like early access. We're going to continue building on these experiences as games as a service style things. And I don't really want a lot of those. Like um, I hope it comes out as, you know, a fully formed experience. Um, but like Stalker is an amazing franchise and a lot of the lineage went into stuff like Metro. Um, but it's incredibly unique in atmosphere. A lot like what I described, how I described Dark is, is, applies to stalker like this kind of harsh world where um you know it's part action game where you're shooting stuff but also like survival and horror is a big part of it um really cool systems really cool ideas really cool small stories within this world um finding heart in this like incredibly unrelentingly bleak world is a big part of those those games so i'm excited to see more of it i'm glad that they're they're kind of like forging ahead and we get to see that it's alive and well yeah, that's a game that I'm definitely interested in because I remember hearing a lot about Stalker when it came out, but it was PC only, so I never had the chance to play, but it sounded really cool. And then when I was like ready to play that game, I guess you could say, it was like, yeah, this game seems kind of dated and I kind of got my fix with Metro. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a game that's on my radar and something that I'll be checking out. Um, next up, we have The Medium. Lucy, do you want to talk a bit about this game? Because I saw you tweet about it. Uh, yes. So I, uh, this is probably the game that stuck out the most for me in the entire, in the whole show. Um, just because 
cracking the slab. I know everyone talks about um, the Clockwork Mansion being the quote unquote best level in Dishonored 2. Wrong. I say it is a crack in the slab because it is basically the entire premise of that level is like there are two realities and you can flip between the two uh, flawlessly. You can you also have a timepiece and you can see the other world. It's so cool. Like, like the way that Arcane made it, it's phenomenal. And obviously you've got the effect in Cause Mission in Titanfall 2 and you're slipping through time and changing it on the fly. And I've always loved that. And I've wondered why other games haven't really done that. And then um, bam, here comes the medium uh, horror game. Uh, when they first showed a trailer at the May event, they had Michael had spoken to them, Michael Heim, and they'd said, oh, we have this really cool mechanic that we're not talking about yet, but it's going to blow your mind. And I am so into it. I am really interested to see how you flip between those worlds, um, how one, how you do one thing in one world can impact the other. Um, it just looks super cool. And I think if, if you can go between the two, um, just, you know, seamlessly, that's going to be the real test of it and how well it works. But I'm, I'm into it. I love a good spook. Yeah, weren't they saying that uh, this is the only, or, or that this game is only possible on Series X because of this mm-hmm. mechanic? Or at the time they were like, this mechanic that we can't talk about is only possible. And I think this game was one of the few games they showed that is PC and Series X only. Yeah, yeah they refused to talk to us about it because the, at the time there was a patent pending on the technology that they used to make it happen. Oh. So that's that's why they wouldn't mention it at the time. That's what they said to us anyway. So well, however it works, it's got to wow. be, even if it like looks the same as something like, you know, a crack in the slab or cause and effect and cause from Titanfall 2, maybe there's stuff happening. I mean, you imagine the tech behind it is going to be, from what they say, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Looks super good. Yeah. Next one we have here is Crossfire X Campaign, which is something I wanted to include because it's a remedy. There's another developer working on it, but Remedy, of course, stands out. And my first thought was like, so this seems like if Remedy made a Call of Duty campaign, which sounds really cool in my head. So I'm very <laughs> curious to see what this is going to be like. Yes. That's absolutely the vibe. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah you nailed Before it. we get to Fable, I think we should do a shout. I want to do a shout out for uh, the Outer Worlds Peril on Gorgon, okay. specifically because it is written by Kelsey Beecham in part, who wrote in wrote on uh, the Outer World, Outer uh, Wild. Sorry, so she's done Outer Worlds and Outer Worlds no. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my god. So shout out to her for doing the impossible and writing for two games that are basically the same title. Imagine that on the resume. I know. <laughs> uh, and finally, Microsoft closed out with Fable, a game that I think everyone knew was coming at this point. I feel but... like when you uh, reactivate the at Fable Twitter account, then yeah. it's a pretty good indication, isn't it? Uh, um, have they tweeted anything yet? Let me check. They may have. I think the creative, or, or one of the directors at Playground Games is like, it's nice to be able to finally talk yeah. about this the game that no one saw coming yeah oh that was ralph fulton <laughs> he was yeah. like i can't believe we kept it a secret yeah <laughs> um but i mean i yeah we didn't see much of it but i'm excited to see what a return to fable would be like it's just nice to hear Stephen fry yeah what's he doing these days oh, he fable 
yeah, absolutely, absolutely done me there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there you go. Welcome to the official Twitter account of Fable uh, in development at We Are Playground. Yeah. Well done. 7,000 Twitter followers already. Uh, good numbers. Is it just good at numbers. Fable? It is at Fable. Uh, they tweeted out the trailer. Uh, 2K retweets on that. Um, so if you, this if you was... search for Fable on Twitter, it just doesn't find it for me. It's like, no, I, I scrolled down to the bottom and just went go to at Fable because they're not verified. Oh, yeah. okay. And actually, if you type in at Fable, the first thing it uh, recommends to you is Playground Games. Oh. Mm. Like, you, oh. You, we had to know something was up because there wasn't a Forza Horizon 5, right? Yeah. And, like, they showed Forza, I don't know, the next Forza game. Motorsport. Like, yeah, this is super early in development still. And it was like, okay, so that means that's probably coming next year. And then I, I kind of figured maybe they'd split off into two teams and one team would be doing Forza Horizon 5 and one team would be doing Fable, but it looks like they're kind of all in on Fable, which is exciting. Uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to tackle that third-person action combat considering you know, they've been making really good racing games for the past decade now, right? Yeah, uh, they have two studios though now. Like, um, oh, they, they do? Bought, like, they bought a separate studio space that Microsoft did, opened for them so that's cool so i think maybe they probably playground will turn into a two game studio with one team on because otherwise i mean like you have all these developers who are specialized in making racing games and where are they going to go so i imagine um yeah they'll have one dedicated team to each brand which seems like it makes the most sense um cool i mean i'm like i haven't played fable honestly for years it's never been one that i've ever felt the need to return to and like revisit uh burned pretty hard by three um so i'm interested to see what playground can do with it i imagine i hope that at least they've been getting a bunch of ex lionhead staffers in um but molyneux not involved yeah i think he's kind of done yeah <laughs> i think he's had yeah. his fill i wonder <laughs> i wonder though if you plant a seed if a tree will grow and... <laughs> they if they put that in as an easter egg that would be it'd be great awesome. they have to i feel like they have they, to. I, yeah i think they, does this the kind of now official announcement of Fable pretty much guarantee after the Twitter thing pretty much guarantee that Perfect Dark is definitely happening. It's going to be the next one. Yeah, that'll be the next big one. So please be excited for Perfect Dark. All right, before <laughs> we wrap this up, what are you guys' overall thoughts of the Xbox showcase? It just solidified to me how much of a steal Game Pass is, honestly. Like, I'm not a halo person i'm like i said i'm not really a fable person There's a bunch of the games did interest me but the fact that even though i'm not particularly you know a huge fable person the fact that it's going to be on game pass means that the barrier for entry to me for me is so low now that i can try all these games that i would maybe not necessarily even think about touching because of the the price tag whether that's going to be 60 dollars or 70 whatever people decide on um and so honestly, a question like, about that well, yeah, um, it's an interesting uh, thing that's been thrown around at the minute, uh, but we'll talk about it when we get to the questions. Um, yeah, and I mean, I just, I think for Xbox, you know, doubling down and saying 4K 60 frames on so many of the titles, uh, things that are going to be coming to Game Pass, as well as uh, they were saying like Destiny 2 is going to be playable on your mobile phone, for example. That's really cool shit. 
Um, I just, I think it, it was a solid showing. Didn't get me as hype as PlayStation in terms of the games, but it definitely got me like doubling down on how great Game Pass is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think Fable did it for me. Like up until then, I wasn't, I mean, a lot of that stuff I was interested in, but nothing really stood out apart from like Psychonauts 2, which is something that I've been excited about for a long time. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think Fable was the one that I was like, okay, I see, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I just see promise in the fact that they're bringing this series back and, and, you know, even the perfect dark thing we talked about, like, I'm excited to see where it goes and kind of just to agree with Lucy to it's game pass that really does it for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm like now more confident in the fact that I'll get a Xbox series X as soon as possible. I think that if anything, that that conference has sold me on getting them at launch. I still won't. I don't think. I, well, I might because of work, because like we might have to, or you know, not have to, but because uh, yeah, like I if mean, I can play it on my PC, it. I'm gonna play it on my PC. Um, mm. But anyway, Callie. Um, I mean, from a work perspective, I'm pretty stressed out because. Um, getting a bunch of reviews for games all coming out on the same day potentially is um a scary prospect for me um so in that way like i i have a hard time getting like properly excited because i'm like oh that's gonna be a lot of work but um i would say the smaller stuff is what got me more interested i think there's like medium i think is really interesting um and you know i I'm going to play Halo Infinite regardless. I would like to be more excited for it. So I'm looking forward to hearing more in the future. Um, it also doesn't help that I, I got like four hours of, sleep, hours of sleep. So I'm just, it was like, I was like, wow, this sure is happening. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think, I, I know that I'll probably be getting a Series X um, for work at the very least. I think if, I wasn't doing it for work. I'd, I'd probably wait, but um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. We're going to move on to listener questions. If you've got questions for us, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast@gamespot.com or join the Discord. All right, first question. Uh, Callie, do you want to read this first question? Sure. I have this problem when I where when I play a game, I have fun in the beginning and invest myself in the game and lore. And then by the end of the game, I'm rushing through just so I can end it. I did that with The Last of Us Part 1 and 2, Titanfall 2, Red Dead 2, and even Dishonored, which ended up getting uh, a bad ending. I started doing that with God of War and stopped myself, which ended up in me not playing the game in over a year. Are there any bad habits you have in gaming that you can't shake? That's from Sketched on Discord. I check my phone during loading screens and sometimes oh, in cutscenes, and I hate myself for it. Yeah, I do that. Um, I am so obsessed with Animal Crossing that I can't play anything else. That's my biggest problem. You're, you're like, it's really, it's you're like an absurd completionist too. It's it's a really big problem. Like I, like I watch the the Discord like the nook is on discord to see if people are selling the items I need. And then like at lunch, I'll be like, Oh, it doesn't like I can trade. Can I come visit and go to your able sister? Like, I've just really just, 
it's getting a little bit absurd. So that's my, my biggest bad habit. But I would say that um, kind of related to this question, I do have difficulty finishing games sometimes because I get really obsessive about starting a game well. I had this problem with KOTOR. I, I like restarted KOTOR like a thousand times because I was like, I want to spec out my character again and like figure out what backstory I want or whatever. Um, I've restarted, like I've started Skyrim on all sorts of different platforms many, many times. Um, so especially games where you can like spec a character, um, especially at the beginning, I have a really hard time finishing them because I get um, really obsessive about perfecting it. Um, yeah, basically being obsessive is my problem. <laughs> I was just say I'd buy a lot of games on Steam and then never play them. I'd say that's a pretty bad habit. Like that's especially like <laughs> Steam Summer. So I bought like two dozen, no, probably not two dozen games. I probably bought about a dozen games and I think I've played one of them. You supporting developers though. That's true. Yeah. A lot of them are like smaller indie games that I've been wanting to play that just kind of like sit there. Um, so like, I guess that aspect's okay. But yeah, I just like don't, I, I never play them. Hmm. I spend, I think I have my two main concerns that I think about is like I play a game for way longer than I I play, I'll play a game and I'll know that I've stopped enjoying it, but I'll still keep playing it just out of some mm. compulsion. Like I think as a, as a rule, I need to be better about being, I'm not enjoying this, going to drop it. Um, the fact that you took a day off just to finish Mass Effect Andromeda says pretty much yeah mm. that is that's that that is the kind of perfect encapsulation of my biggest problem where even if i hate something or i'm not enjoying it at all i'll feel compelled to finish it all the way because then i think it's because if i know i'm going to talk about it and say i don't like it i don't want anyone to be like what well, did you finish it yeah which is yeah. Like, that's a fair point yeah but like even still there's some games where you're just like oh just it's not worth finishing but i can't yeah. reach that point the other thing that I'm guilty of is like I have a very narrow focus on like triple A and double A games. Like I'm I used to be way better about it. Um, but I used to play pretty much every type of game. I used to play loads of indie games in my time off and stuff like that. And recently I've been more focused on and I think it's a it's a symptom of the bigger games are way too big. And I think that mm -hmm. speaks to the issue that um Sketched is having where you know, having fun at the beginning, investing in it, and then just by the end of the game, just rushing through. I don't think that's a problem with you. I think that's partly a problem with games being far too long and not lean enough and having a lot of fluff and forcing you to, because games are designed that way, right? They're now designed to maintain for retention and to keep people mm. holding on to the game. And that means they become flabby and they become like prolonged experiences that don't need to be that way. Some games it's like, the length is good because it's a creative decision and it's necessary. So like Red Dead 2 is long, but I don't think there's any part of Red Dead 2 where I'd be like, you could cut this entire section. Um, and the same goes for God of War. Um, you could like, you know, I feel like that game's fairly lean in what it tries to do. But then, yeah. but then like in amongst all the many games that are just like endless and just keep going. I felt Last of Us 2 was too long. Um, but like games like Assassins and the Ubisoft games and various other open world games that are way too long, these these kind of like almost slot into there. Um, and it can have a knock-on effect on everything you play. Like I think Dishonored 2 for, or Dishonored 1 as well are a great length. But if you're playing them around other games that are like way too long, you just feel that fatigue. Um, so I think it's maybe just a case of like try and focus on the game and like 
pick games that you know aren't going to tire you out and will be good from start to finish. Yeah, that's an interesting point too, just when you consider like multiplayer games as well, right? Because there's so many multiplayer games now that want you to like engage with their battle pass, level up all this stuff. Like I was playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare the other night and it's like, you could play this game for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours and you won't be able to unlock all the shit in this game. And, it, and it's absolutely absurd. It's like, like why like it, it's almost it almost feels a little naive that like maybe not naive but it, it just seems crazy that all these developers at the same time are trying to make games that will stop you from playing any other game and focusing on that like like i don't know if you guys know about modern warfare has obsidian camo which you have to unlock all the camos for every single gun before you can get obsidian and then from there you have to complete challenges like get a thousand kills with like said gun in different ways and like just getting camos for what, like I haven't done that with a single gun and like I've maxed out at least six or seven guns, but I still don't have all the camo. Like it's just, it's just absurd. Like I I see why people are like, Mm. Oh, I got to finish this story game as quick as I can because I've got these multiplayer games that I'm playing that literally demand so much time from me, even if I want like the smallest of rewards. And like, that's not even talk about the battle pass, which like, I, I've maxed out two battle passes in that game now, which is way more than I probably should have played. But like I had to play every night. And like the only reason I managed to max them out was because you get that double XP for battle pass near the end. Absolutely. It's absolutely absurd. But anyway, Damn, I, to, I had no a idea. A bit of a tangent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just a huge fucking overwatch thing has happened. And they it have, is- They've redone Moira, but like Fade now phases out all allies within six meters and self for one second after exiting Fade. Phasing now makes a hero immune to all damage and effects. It will work exactly like Reaper's Wraith when Moira's own Fade effect in this regard. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. What is happening in this game? (laughs) There was a time when like, uh, Overwatch was praised for it's like how accessible it is to play but like you know there's certain characters in the game that don't require super high level skill and like um, like the ability to aim super accurately but it's reached a point in that game where like the most powerful characters require like little to no concentration to to like just roll through most teams and like Moira is a character that can doesn't need to aim to do damage she doesn't need the ability to make herself and others invincible for an extended for a period of time. What are they doing with this game? I'm so sorry, Jake. Feel free to cut this, but this yeah. is genuinely quite worrying and huge for us. It's like they're very quick. It feels like what they're trying to do is make this game as annoying to play as possible, in so that when Overwatch Two comes out, everyone goes, "Oh, it's good again." And I hate that. I hate We're that. I even... in. They have massively nerfed her attach angle, though, Tam for uh damage attach herself to my ass and get out of the (laughs) (laughs) you uh you guys should play uh rainbow six siege no (laughs) yeah i i was like at this i was at this point with overwatch when they uh changed how mercy worked and then i was like i can't do this anymore so i uh have been i've been like this for like three years i was at this point in overwatch when all my friends couldn't play as torbjorn and just set up a bunch of turrets and yeah they were like only only one character can be played at a time anyway last question here is from kevin in west hartford connecticut 
Hey, After Dark Crew, do you think we will see the base price of AAA games going up to 70 next gen? The price of making AAA games certainly isn't going down, and two, uh, an NBA 2K11 already broke the ice. Could the recent economic downturn help keep the prices down together with truckloads of money companies are already making with microtransactions? Uh, so Ubisoft have said that everything is going to be 60 at least this year. Um, I fully anticipate the price going up to 70 um, but then at the same time, you've got to wonder how the global economic, uh, situation is going to be able to support that. I mean, I don't know. That's a deep question that I'm too sad to get into, but uh, you know what I mean? It's like, you've got to wonder about those balances. Um, this is, this is kind of like what leads into when I was talking about Game Pass earlier with like all of Xbox's games today being on Game Pass. Like that's incredible and so if i was xbox i'd make all the games 80 dollars a piece and then just have game pass because people right there are going to see that and like i'm not gonna pay 80 dollars for a game i'm gonna go right to game pass and that's yeah. what microsoft wants right so i mean i people forget to people forget to unsubscribe like yeah. it's it's guaranteed revenue it's smart it's so smart the other thing is like um the question is whether they're going to go up and then also whether they'll maintain that press. Because if you think back, it, like the trend is always like at the start of a new generation, people always try to take the piss a bit and charge extra for games. Um, like I remember playing, paying for a bunch of generations a bit more for video games at that time. They were up by like a tenner in, in the UK. Yeah, uh, maybe it was like $80 Sega Genesis games or something like that. Yeah, you know, even as recent as like, ps4 and xbox series uh xbox series and like uh ps3 and those generations of games they were like at least in the uk they were higher than usual that i remember that generation was when i started seeing like 59.99 on games and then all over time it drops back down into like either like the 49.99 mark or things start going on sale way more rapidly so i think initially like most people should expect games to be a little bit more expensive to begin with in the generation which sucks but i i kind of hope that they drop back down to normal price after a while instead of just maintaining that you know $80 $70 bracket um because that would be a bit much do you think that like if the game is $70 how do you think microtransactions are going to be as prevalent or bad like a game like NBA 2K11 right that game those games typically have a lot of microtransactions, but now that they're 70, do you think they're mm. going to scale that back? Or do you think it's going to be exactly the same? I, I don't think companies are going to accept. I don't think the companies think that paying, getting more money upfront is a good enough trade-off to, to, yeah, for I the potential either. of getting more money over the course of two years. Like that's, that's for me, that's not going to happen. If someone's going to tell me I'll give you $70 now, or I could potentially give you $300 over the course of one year, I'm taking that second option always. So I think, I don't think microtransactions are going away in any way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess my biggest hope is that we'll see. Like, I mean, I guess indie games kind of already do this, right? Like a lot of indie, like most indie games aren't full price. Uh, and I just hope we see like, rather than the standard always being $70 or $60, maybe there's a little bit more wiggle room. Uh, maybe for a game with a lot of microtransactions, that would be a little cheaper or maybe a game that's shorter, like kind of like what, you know, happened with Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, which launched, was like a AAA game that launched at $30 mm. or $40. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Anything else to add? No. No. Nope. All right. Well, that's been episode 51 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And thank you, Callie, Lucy, and Tamor for joining me. 
Callie, where can people find you on Twitter and what uh, are you, you working on? You can find on? me on Twitter at Inky Dojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. And, uh, you know, just a lot of, um, I, I'm doing a lot of like advanced planning for, for the next generation launch. So I don't have a lot of stuff to like actually look out for as far as what's publishing. I'm still working on that Animal Crossing, every villager guide <laughs> data dump, which is just a lot of data entry. It's taking a long time, but um, it, it's mostly just for resource purposes. Um, yeah. Cool, Lucy. I'm at Lucy James Games, and I'm also planning H two, baby. It's my job for the next couple of weeks. Plan out the rest of the year. Two more. Uh, I am at Tomorrow H on Twitter, and I am also planning many things. Too many things, some would even say. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh wait! Uh, and yeah. you got a promotion. Andrew. And you. And you. Oh, I had I had Andrew got a promotion. I was I like, yes, Andrew mate. No. <laughs> Get in there. He's got a pillow <laughs> and he's got a promotion. No, you <laughs> got a go. promotion, and uh, that happened this week. I did. So yeah. we should shout that out. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. Anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will see you next Bye. week. Bye. Bye. I mentioned it before, but like GameSpot was the first website I went to when I got internet access at home. And I have been like, I was an intern here for, for a month or so, and now I'm the manager getter, which is ridiculous. And then I also think about the people that came before me, like, you know, Peter and Justin and Greg Kasavin and like Jeff Gersman and all those people. And it now stresses the absolute shit out of me. Um, so it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, you can find me at Jacob Deck. And I am working on a cyberpunk video still, uh, but I took this week off. So it's, you know, moving slower than expected. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I want to do something with Splinter Cell. I want to make a Splinter Cell. I told you, we had an idea. Let's do the co-op missions together. I'd I'd be up for that. I I recently replayed uh, Double Agent, where I played Double Agent for the first time on the original Xbox. So I like have a lot of thoughts on that that I don't quite really know what to do with because I could write a great script and put it on GameSpot, but I don't think anyone gives a shit other than me and Tamor maybe. (laughs) Anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.